0: So I've uh, really enjoyed, uh, that's Lin- Linus reading Luke 2, and, and I've enjoyed so much the past couple of weeks, and, and mainly about the last week, we've been spending a couple of uh, sessions together diving into Luke 2, and we've looked at different perspectives. Right? Keir started us uh, last week in talking about the humility of God coming down to earth. And then Mike, on Christmas Eve, brought us that that humility results in the beautiful gift of our salvation. And today, we're going to close our Advent series and our look at Luke 2, and talk and look at the shepherds, and what their reaction and their response is in Luke 2. And so, Linus read for me until verse 14, and I'm going to keep reading here in verse 15. Um, so let's. So before we get into verse 15, let's um, use Julian's format that he uh, surveyed a couple of weeks ago with uh, our Advent stories that we hold kind of near and dear and check them a little bit and see what is the truth from Scripture and, and what we do and don't know, right? It's possible that the shepherds knew that those words that were so familiar that the angels just said, right? That was Old Testament prophecy coming fulfilled, right? That's Isaiah 9-6, and it's possible they knew that that's what that said. God is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, So Keely's been working really hard on Advent memory verse, and I wanted to give her a chance. Thank you, Keely. That was wonderful. So let's look at what we do know from Luke and what we've seen so far. We know that the angels almost immediately, because I'm glad they did. If I was there in those shoes, holy cow, would I want some kind of immediate assurance, right? They said, fear not, we bring good tidings of great joy. For a Savior is born. And then they go on to share how the shepherds can find that Savior And then the shepherds get a first-hand seat. Imagine seeing the heavenly host praising God and giving him glory. Whew, boy. So then, here's where we read on in verse 15. Says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And those who heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. So here's where we hang up a minute and not worry about what the shepherds did or didn't know. But we look at what the shepherds did. It says, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child, right? The shepherds merely, simply spoke from their experience of what they had just witnessed and been told. We see that here again in verse 20. It says, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God, right, for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. And that's all they did, right? They didn't, we don't know what they knew, okay, but we do know what they did. They just shared from their experience, and they proclaimed it to all that they ran into. They told them what they had seen and what the angels had told them and the glory that it was. So as I think about this and I think of what we should do with the knowledge that we've gained from our Advent series and our study in Luke 2. Well, sharing is the, is the obvious, for me, the obvious application step. And so if I'm looking for application I'm immediately because I'm an engineer and so I just go for it I'm going to say I am going to make a list so that I know the steps that I need so that I can get ready to go and tell so if I have a list these are probably the things that I'm thinking about going to tell I'm I'm going to speak from the experience I'm going to tell them what I've seen but then here's where I need to be ready I should probably have a deep theological understanding of what I'm speaking from I should know it deep and well right? And then I should be ready for a defense of any questions that they have in any manner that they are. Maybe they're soft questions of understanding, or maybe they're presenting challenges. All the while, I I should be able to speak this eloquently and, and with compassion and, and clarity. That's, that's my list in my head that I come up with, that you're all furiously jotting down. Well, just hold on before you jot it down too much for me, because what a while we've been going through an Advent, I've also been studying in 1 Corinthians. And if you will, almost immediately as I establish my list, I found out that it might be a bit flawed. Before we go to 1 Corinthians, I want to share something with you guys. Can I, can I have some comfort here and tell you guys that I am not an evangelist? And, and, and I offer that, and that is not to diminish those that we know that have the evangelist gift, right? But what we're talking about here is providing a little bit of freedom, that we don't all have to have that gifting, because what we're talking about is a personal sharing, right? More of a one-on-one or a one-on-two, okay? And that's what we're talking about here, and there everyone can stand out of that desi- out of this excitement, out of this excitement that is bubbling over, right? That we just saw in the kids' demonstration. So, Let's go now to 1 Corinthians 2. It says, I was with you—this is Paul speaking, by the way, to, 1 Corinthians, to the Corinthians—and he says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and preaching were not persuasive words of human wisdom. Well, first of all, as I stand here preaching to you, that's a little reassuring to me. But then if I go back to my list, it challenges what I hung at the bottom there that I need to be persuasive and, and eloquent in my speech. It, it flat off just crosses it off my list. Well, I, it's a three-part list. That's still okay. It's, it's still something to work on. But the problem is, as I keep reading in 1 Corinthians, it gets more difficult to hold that list up. Because it says in, in chapter 2, and now we're reading in verse 4, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Kier used this picture last Sunday, and I thought it was just a beautiful picture, right? Imagine that if this is a glimpse of the creation, right? This is what Kier said, how much more powerful and awesome is the Creator, right? And so then, if we are to sit and wonder—sorry, uh, not wonder, but, but to, to learn and to look for understanding of, of this— and we try to write some, some bounds that, hey, I need to know this, that, and the other about a God who designed this, be very careful about how far we draw that line before we say, I need these things to fully understand before I can go and share, right? We're talking about the God of the universe, and within our lifetime, that we're going to understand every single aspect of his being before we would go and share? That's not something that I want to wait around for, because I don't think I would have much life left at all. I make a, I'm going to make a bold statement today that I'm going to ask everyone to get comfortable with, and if you have some uncomfort with it, think about it, and then talk with me if it's still not right with you. But I'm going to ask that we start to set those aside, not as things that we don't need, because I'm not going to discourage the study of the Word. Absolutely <coughs> not. But what I am going to ask is that we don't wait for some deep theological understanding, or, or the fact that we could say, what if someone comes with a question that I don't have an answer to before we go and tell, or we go and share? <coughs> what about instead if we could stand on a little bit of humility and point to an awesome God who is truth and love, and say, hey, I have a relationship with this God. And, and I'm learning about Him day by day. You want to come with me? And I can, I can, we can learn together. I can tell you some of what I know. Or I can bring you with and share. Someone else can share with you what they know, right? You're not in this alone, and it's not by your power. So what does that leave on this? It just leaves that we need to be speaking from our experience. And that alone is where we should be starting Go back. Let's go back and think about the shepherds. They had one night, not even. It said they made haste. So they had their experience, and they made haste, and they went and saw Jesus, and then they started sharing almost immediately. How much theology do we believe that they developed? Well, you said, David, they got to see a heavenly host, and they got to experience firsthand the Savior. Absolutely true. But guess what? As we sit here, Unbelieved today, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So let's make a different list. Let's make a list that gets us ready to share our experience. That's what we're going to spend some time here doing today. We're going to get a pen and paper, or maybe a phone if you're a little more tech savvy and that's what you want to do. And lean that way because I think it's always ready right there to go. Okay, and then we're going to need shoes, not slippers, but shoes, um, which we'll come into later. So just hold on if you're here probably have shoes on already. If you're joining from home, maybe get ready to find your shoes because that's what I'm going to ask you to do. All right, I'm going to give everyone 10-15 seconds rummage through your bags, your, your couch cushions, whatever you need. Go ahead and find those things and then we'll come back together. All right, we got it? We're ready? Yes. Good, thank you. Thank you that was wonderful. appreciated an answer out there. That was sweet. So what we are going to do is we are going to work through building our personal testimony today. okay We are going to take some time to frame out this is, a, this is an outline that is not original to me. rather this is pulled uh, straight from paul 's example in acts twenty six and what he does is he walks through three main areas and I, I provided some supportive bullets so that uh, we can help frame what we 're doing a little bit. The first section is to outline our life before Christ, who we were, what our identity was, right? If someone, if someone talked about you, maybe they mentioned what your character was, or, or if we're looking back, we can go ahead and say what we struggled with, or maybe what owned us, if we're, if we're allowing ourselves to be so powerful to use those words, what defined us, right? And the next would be how I came to Christ. It's the, the second part of your testimony. And here, we're going we're gonna to outline what events or circumstances or engagements with people that brought us to the Lord, right? And into a relationship with Him. I wow, thought it was so awesome. When Mike was talking on Thursday night, right, he, he didn't talk about um, just a, a, an individual instance. He talked about a 40-year relationship. How beautiful is that, man? That's what we're talking about. And, and, that, and that brings us to our next point, which is our life with Christ, Right? our walk with him, and how he continually forgives us. So there's two points under this one, because if it's okay and we're friends enough, I'm going to provide some challenge to some of you today. If you're thinking to yourselves, hey, I've got a testimony ready. I'm going to dust it off. Hold on just a minute, because if we serve a living God and we have a relationship with him, your testimony should be fresh. It should be made anew. It should be as close and as dear, as intimate as your relationship is with him. So it should absolutely have who you were and how God changed you, but it should be how he makes you afresh, and you make him Lord every day. We have our three points here, and and I'm going to allow probably about three to five minutes or something like that, because I want us to do it while we're here, while I have you captured some. Take about a minute for each one of those first points and maybe two for that last to build that up. Don't worry about sentence structure right now. It's okay. Mine's always terrible, so I use bullets. I'd encourage you to do the same. And go ahead and frame that. I'll give you like a 30-second warning. Um, and again, if you get stuck now, or, or maybe even it's, it's a little bit longer, so if you need some more time later, reference or go to uh, Acts 26, and you'll see Paul's testimony there. Okay, so go ahead, about, about five minutes or so. All right, so hopefully um, that was enough time at least to get a really good start on what that testimony is. And, and again, the whole point of what we're doing there, I think about uh, during those couple of minutes Um, that you guys had, I was thinking about how basically what you guys are preparing is the same thing that Miriam just stood up here and sang almost. Think about this is your come and see what God has done, right? This is your experience. The same power that were in those words that Miriam was singing and, and, and everyone else, right? That's what you're providing here. This is your come and see what God has done. So as we talk about this, and we prepare ourselves to share this. I think it's fair to talk a little bit about what the expectation could be as we shared or, or after, right? And what we should prepare ourselves for there. And being the motivational speaker I am, I'm going to probably burst some bubble and say that what I really want everyone to do is to try to almost never use the words successful sharing of a testimony, because there's a lot of danger. And I say that, and, and if you allow me, I'll back it up with scripture. It says, 1 Corinthians 3, 6. It says, I planted, this is Paul again, still speaking. It says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to their labor. You see, it is extremely likely that we pour out our testimony to someone. And I'm not saying that that is not going to have an impact, but we might not know what that impact is, right? You're sharing, think about what we're sharing. We're sharing our story of experiences, right? Doesn't it seem a little unfair to share a whole experience and expect a singular event or to hinge what you would define as success on what is limited to right in front of you that you see, but rather Imagine what Paul is telling us here, that what you're building into can someday be part of someone's story, some portion. But don't try to grab that whole thing because it's not yours. It's God who gives the increase. Here's where we go as we prepare to share our experiences. A couple of things that I would encourage you as you prep those to also think about, and it it is these. I would ask that you be available what we're talking about here is, again, more of that one-on-one sharing, right? This probably isn't just going to be a, here, toss this story and see you later. Be available and to listen to those questions, to hear of their response, whatever it may be, right? And be prepared to be humble, because I'm still going to stand on, I promise that as much as we study, we still encounter new things or new questions, And you might not know what that answer is. And that doesn't make the God that you serve that does know everything any less. It just means that you're a finite human being. And lastly, is to be in prayer. And this is where the shoes come in. You see, Paul in 1 Corinthians, he talks about planting and about watering. And I'm not at all saying that I believe that Paul missed something. But I'm saying that in that portion of Scripture... I'm going to add a previous step. I'm not adding to Scripture. I'm asking that you guys add an additional step to sharing your testimony, and that is prayer. Because if you're going to plant and water, if we're talking about the fields of harvest, you have to first plow before you can plant and before you can water. And so, go out, put your shoes on, walk, and, and as you have today, time tomorrow. It's even nice out tomorrow, right? I'm talking about actually putting on shoes and walking and praying for people, praying for hearts, praying for your heart too, to be encouraged to bubble over and share, and at all times be prepared and point and give God the glory, because for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Father God, thank you so much that you allow us to be just this part of of your story, God. Not the Advent season, but that you come into our lives and you encourage us to share our relationship with you and to share that relationship with others. God, I pray that we have boldness, that that boldness is is not of us, that we have comfort, that we are pointing to an all-powerful, all-knowing creator, the same God that we have that relationship with, that you, God, all of that. Amen.